Ladies and gentlemen, this is Wrestling's Last Journeyman, the pride of Tater Peeler, Tennessee, and if I do say so myself, one hell of a hand, Jeremiah Plunkett, and I'm telling you to listen up and give me back my pro wrestling. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. This is Steve Bowtie Bryant here. Back in the 90s, I was a pro wrestling photographer for the South. And I released what might have been one of the original sets of indie trading cards. I ran across some of these original sets. They were up in Randall Fanning's attic all this time. PG-13 rookie card. Ricky Morton, George Weingroff as the Sheep, Chris Champion, Reno Riggins, Billy Montana, Gary Valiant, the Scorpion, the Medic, Rick Reynolds, Jeff Daniels, Mephisto and Dante, Ben Jordan, Steve Neely, Marcus Woodrow, Clinton Charisma, Little Farmer John. If you'd like an opportunity to get these cards, contact me now. You can get them for only $49.99. Contact me at Steve Bowtie Bryant at iCloud.com. Get your set now while supplies last. Hey guys, this is Wolfie D from PG13. Check out my podcast, Live and in Color with Wolfie D every Monday at noon. We're talking Memphis, we're talking ECW, WCW, WWF, everywhere that I've been. We even have some great guests, some Hall of Famer on the show with us every Monday at noon, Live and in Color with Wolfie D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. I'm excited about this one. This is an old buddy of mine. I actually had the chance to even be a manager for him for a while. I even got to book him on one show that should never be mentioned. But at the same time, uh, you know, someone gave you the book. Yeah. For like a day. It was fun. It was, it was just had to happen, I guess. But anyway, from (laughs) Tater Pillar, Tennessee, my old buddy, the by God, best ride in the business, Jeremiah Plunkett. How you doing, buddy? I forgot about that show until right now. <laughs> like I, I absolutely forgot everything about it until this moment right now. You also got me my first job booking. Hey, so when you, when you, you asked go. me to come into Nashville and yeah, help yeah. Mike Porter show out. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, there at least is that. But God, dude, you were like saving me on that show. I remember I almost had the whole card booked like the way I would have loved to have had it. And then Mike's like, well, you got them here, put a show together. And I'm like, huh? (laughs) What? That was not the deal. I just said I would help get some people in and uh, then we can deal with that. But yeah, anyway, um, you know, I don't want to start with that. I want to get into that in a second. So, you know, Plunky, you are a current NWA star. You are honestly one of my favorite pro wrestlers. You know, I met you on a Burt Prentice show. 
I think you made a joke and I, I laughed and then I felt like you kind of were open to me laughing because I was kind of like, you know, I've heard of this guy, but he's like, I, you know, when you meet somebody and I'm a manager, like who cares about a manager? So it, we just get it off after that point. And then, yeah, man. So really good to have you on the show, brother. And I appreciate uh, being here and I'm sure we can't repeat that joke today. <laughs> I almost guarantee we probably can't. I yeah. have no idea what it was. Right. But in today's climate, guarantee we can't repeat it. Yeah, totally. A Burt show brought some of the best in the industry at that time, but also had a pretty funny backstage for sure. <laughs> well, and just the Southern boys too. Like they're they're different in a locker room than, than totally. a lot of people. Like they're wild. Like yeah, we, you know, we yeah. laugh and have fun. Wrestling secondary, right, right, yeah. And and I'm I've never forget the first time I saw a wrestler not to be named, but you're gonna know who this is. Uh, who walked up and had two trunks in, in their hand. Yeah. <laughs> I told this story the other day <laughs> and said, which one should I wear? And you look and he, he's not wearing anything other than the trunks in his hands and maybe the boots, <laughs> you know, but I doubt the boots anyway. Yeah. Um, that was just not that, you know, it was like, welcome to the industry, pal. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. but anyway, you know, Plunky, let's start with this, man. I know a lot of these answers, but tell the people about it. Of course, we're give me back my pro wrestling. So, you know, of course we want a pro wrestler on the show. So uh, who were some of your favorites growing up? Uh, so I'm a Tennessee boy, obviously. So uh, Jerry, the King Lawler has to be probably my number one growing up. Um, yeah. So I, I was a wrestling fan for as long as I, I can remember, but like when I, when I was younger and into the Hogan's and, and ultimate warriors, it was just kind of like something that I would watch if it was on. I was way more into power Rangers than I was wrestling at that time. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, the, it, it, wrestling was there, but it ranked kind of low when yeah. I became a really big fan though, was when I discovered Memphis wrestling about, you know, mm, mid nineties. Oh, uh, yeah. So I think it, so it was USWA at the time. Yeah. And, uh, the thing that really hooked me, and probably the thing that made me want to do this one day, was Waller was doing commentary on WWF, but this was one of those times when he's coming back to the Mid-South Coliseum. Um, so they dusted off one of those old Waller music videos, because Lord yes. knows they weren't going to make a new one. Right. So, so they dusted off an old one. I believe it was the King of the Mountain music video. Okay. Um, and Lawler's throwing fire. And yeah. that amazed me. And I wanted... <laughs> This, this is how this is my young brain thinking. I want to learn to be a pro wrestler so I can learn how to throw fire because fire. obviously that's part of wrestling school is learning yeah. how to throw fire. Of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but so from, from then, like, so USWA would come on probably, I, I don't remember the times. I believe it was 11. It was after the cartoons on that channel. And okay. then there would be a block after that. So at some point after that, the WCW local show would come on. Right. So that's where I saw and fell in love with Arn Anderson, as you you know my love for Arn Anderson. Oh yeah. And, oh, yeah. and Bobby Eaton. That's where oh, I'd find those guys. And I'm yeah. like and I and they looked older. They didn't look like anybody else in the mid nineties at WCW. But I'm like, these guys are better than these young jacked guys. Right. Right. And I, I could just see that. Uh so I, I gravitated toward them. And then, you know, then the Monday Night Wars happened, and that's when I really started watching the WWF and the main show WCW. But yeah. Memphis was what really got me excited for it. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I figured so. The USWA, WCW, uh, being a Southern wrestler, Southern boy, you know, those two meant the world to both of us. You know, let me say this. What does pro wrestling mean to you? Pro wrestling mean to me? Ah. 
make it God, all. It sounds like, is, is this a is this a beauty contest? And now I have to come up with some. Yeah, it's BS philosophical answer. and not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the essay part of the class, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Pro wrestling to me, it's 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 a lot of things. Like it, it is an art. I know there's some old schoolers who hate that, but it is. It's right. an art. But at the same time, as an art, it's a sport. Yeah, yeah. and it, it it is entertainment. Yeah. And so it's this crazy mixture of everything. I know sports entertainment, even to, to me, like I've, I've gotten used to it, but the term still sucks. I don't like it. Right. 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 Um, but it's all those things. It, it, it's all, it's art, it's physicality, it's storytelling. And that's the, that's what I think is the most important. And obviously what may be a little more lost today is the storytelling aspect. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's what I love most personally. Yeah. I tell you, man, when we would ride in the car to shows, like I always loved, I mean, we would talk a little politics, not like George Bush, Barack Obama politics, but we would talk wrestling politics. I always felt like whenever I would take a car trip and I would talk probably more than a rookie should or or a, a guy who should, but man, I always had just a ton of questions. So I felt like if I didn't talk, I would never learn anything. And I just remember, you know, you and I riding together and, you know, know just at times I, I was like this is the most fun part of the show <laughs> i mean of course going out there and performing but at the same time getting in the car and riding to the show even if it was to millersville you know it was always a blast to me you know i guess let's start back at this because i i know i've kind of went a little bit ahead but who trained you punky uh so my my initial training uh was straight out of high school i was trained by buzzed up lee Condry. And me, Mike Woods. Um, Buzzed up. The, the way, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's still one of my closest friends to this day. It, he's a trip, man. Um, and the way it all started was weird because, like, back in 2005, the internet was newish, right? And I wasn't so much an internet techie kid. Um, so I didn't know you could Google, like, pro wrestling schools. I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, yeah. So my thought after I realized I wasn't going to get a college football scholarship was to go to every independent wrestling show I could and ask guys on their way to the ring if they train pro wrestlers. Oh, man. That's awesome. And I I, I did it. Like, and people, I'd get the weirdest looks. And we'd always, like, <laughs> we'd always kind of dress up a little bit so that they yeah. would notice us, right? Of so course. I was probably wearing... I have a t-shirt and a sports jacket that was dressed up for me and some jinkers because, sure. you know, 2005. Respect. Uh, but like, just as they went by, they're making their entrance high-fiving people or, yell, or yelling at people. And I'm like, do you train wrestlers? Do you train wrestlers? And usually I just get weird looks and uh, ignored. And then Mike Woods, like, gave me a weird look, wrestled his match, rolled out after his match and said, stay after the show. And yeah. made us wait for about an hour after the show. But me, Chris Norte, uh, yeah. and uh, Caleb Pendergrass, Casey Crucible, um, who we all trained together. We all waited after the show. I remember we were so scared, and nobody was in the arena. Like, nobody. And But we're still waiting, because that's what they were told to do. And then Caleb runs in, jumps off the top rope, and does a flip bump, and rolls out of the ring. Yeah, that's And we were awesome. just so amazed that he had the, the balls to do it. You know yeah. I mean? We're like, oh, you touched it. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I remember at one of the first shows I ever visited as an older guy, I was in college and uh, I went in the ring. It was Tatanka. <laughs> he was signing gimmicks and you get a Polaroid with Tatanka. You can hold the title and take a Polaroid. So what did I do? I said, okay, here's your money, Tatanka. And it was like, okay. And I grabbed the belt. I stood up on the second turnbuckle and held the belt like old Stone Cold. And sure enough, he's like, don't ever do that, kid. <laughs> I was like, okay, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait, you're supposed to take a picture with the belt and Tatanka, and you right. said, screw Tatanka, me with the exactly. belt. Exactly. 
Exactly. Yeah. All right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, that's a hell of a heel turn to Tonka, man. Yeah. Come on. What kind of big league like that? I, I mean, know, it was right? 20 bucks or something, dude. I, I was like, I know what I'm doing when I get in the ring. Anyway, I had no business doing that. But uh, long story short, yeah. So, okay. So we got who trained you, some great guys. We'll have to get Buzz on the show sometime. He's hilarious. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. Buzz, Buzz is a trip. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he is like the guy in the back that everybody goes to. Like he is like a magnet of people. Like you can never really like sit near him because there's always three people in seats right beside him. You know what I mean? Like he's well, yeah. and you're probably one of the guys in the seats. So <laughs> oh yeah, no, it, all the time. Uh, he's one of my favorite people to ride with. Oh yeah. I'm because sure. We're laughing the entire way. And right. it usually goes by really, really fast. Yeah. He's not yeah. the best night driver I learned on our last road trip. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. But I mean it wasn't it wasn't bad, but it was also later than it should have been. And sure. I noticed we we're he was driving really fast. He was ready to get home. And I looked yeah. over and saw like ninety five and I'm like, Hey bro, uh let's not <laughs> as we're going through the East Tennessee Mountains. Like, yeah, eh, let's not, buddy. Yeah. Well, what was your first match, man? Oh God. <laughs> um so as a fill-in, uh, I may have ended my first show. Nice. Yeah, wait until you hear this match. I can't believe I volunteered for this. Um, <laughs> I, I was replacing somebody in a six-man tag. I shouldn't really say tag because it was a tornado tag. Okay. Falls count anywhere. Sure. No disqualification. Hardcore match. Nice. And that, and wait, wait, that was you, Super Green, first match. Uh, uh, yeah, like Super Green, like never – done anything in a ring besides my backyard ring and training okay and let me before you say who's in the match who uh who booked that uh so we were there's a company in smyrna tennessee called american championship wrestling lee Condry, one of my trainers oh yeah um, he's great yeah, yeah. He, he was i don't know if he technically booked i didn't know the difference between a booker and promoter at that time right but I, th- I, th- sure. I don't know if they ever had a actual booker i think they just kind of made some matches up together and went went with it yeah but they were it was a big hardcore fit like yeah. this was you know ECW yeah. died, but it's this ripple yeah. effects are still being felt. Yeah, um, totally. It is myself. Oh, this, is, this makes it even better. I'm in a group called the Black Stallions because the guy nice. that was replacing was an African-American gentleman. <laughs> I am tagging with uh, Carnage yeah. and Chris D'Angelo. Okay. Again, in this group called the Black Stallions. I'm wrestling the High Rollers, which is uh, GQ and Lee Condry. GQ uh, and Lee And a gentleman named White Trash. Yeah. Who we would go on to have a a run in in the future together. Um, I know that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you want to go into it, we will. We'll um, talk but, later. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, got color. Uh, Wait, did you mean to, or did you get hard weight? Uh, neither. Um, Lee being uh, being a pro that I trusted got it for me. Okay. Nice. Good. Nice. Okay. Uh, you know what? I I would have to say that's probably the best way as a rookie to try to get color at that point right because you got to be nervous to go uh you know first of all you have to make your blade and then you're like do i how do i do it what do i do if you have someone like you said you trusted to do it for you that had to take a lot of anxiety away from you at that point too yeah um he's the only person i ever let do it and i let, did let him do it multiple times until finally when i've got to do this on my own because i don't trust anybody else <laughs> you know what I mean? And I had seen actually uh, somebody I trained with. Now this was years later, um, but they got color for him, and he moved or something like that, and just oh. you know filleted himself. So uh, I would Man. never, 
ever again. Um, yeah. Like and it probably, I love Lee, but probably even Lee, if I were to have to wrestle him to this day and bleed, I'd be like, I got this, buddy. Yeah, um, yeah. You want me to do it again? <laughs> yeah, no, nah, man, we're good. Even though this, he, was, he was very much. He and I do it differently. He's very much a poke and twister with no scars. And I'm like, Dusty Rhodes, baby. Here we go. Up and down, up and down, up and down. Make it good, Daddy. Make it oh, good. Oh, man. Uh, but got color, thumbtacks. The finish was a double rock bottom onto a bundle of light tubes. Nice. That sucked. Sure. Light tubes didn't get, uh, like, all the glass didn't get on my back for two weeks. Uh, you know, and it'd just be like, there'd be like three. And you never knew when you'd roll over and just happen to feel it. Mm. And it was just still took the rain down that night after I was able to take like a five minute shower. Yeah, it's, I, think that, I think that was the first night I had dip that night too. Because <laughs> I discovered it gives you superpower energy while I was taking down the ring. Yeah, yeah. And then Which I tried a- to drive and about died. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. That, that Which is a rite right. of passage, you know, is yeah. a, a taking down and putting up the ring for sure. So, so. L- let me ask you this question real quick because I've always wanted to know: um, Does it suck getting color, or is it to the point where at that point? Because I mean, I was talking to my buddy uh, over the weekend watching the the AEW event, and uh, Punk got color real good. And I'm like, at that point, are you just so jacked that you don't even know? You're just like done you know or do you does it suck every time you know what i mean yeah i've been there both ways right like i've been there where i didn't even notice i got anything mm-hmm. and and it, like i i've damn near cut my head off and didn't feel a thing and then it was like oh god this is a bad idea you know and then i was you know what i let one other person try try to get it for me um damian wayne <laughs> and he just kept filleting my forehead and nothing would bleed. That sucked. So, yeah, sometimes it does suck. Usually you know what gets it for you. What sucks is when you think you got it good and nothing wants to come. Then, then you have to get it again, and, like, your adrenaline from the first time getting it, it's gone. So you feel every bit of that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, that makes uh, sense. But you usually know, like, where to hit on you that's good. Um, Do you, is, is there something because again like i said we were uh, just because it's fresh i saw it over the weekend is there something do you do you um i don't know is there like a supplement like a you know you take b12 or you take something like to help help get it going or anything like that or i mean <laughs> like i said hey man i'm a total mark i this yeah, yeah, yeah. like hey hey dan go talk to a pro wrestler oh goody you know it's like christmas <laughs> for me i get to ask all these stupid questions that as a kid, I'm always just like, how the hell do they do? You know, my my, fa- my favorite one, especially when I know that I'm going into a brawl and it doesn't have to be a technical match. A uh, couple ice cold beers. Give me a hell yeah! Yeah, makes yeah. sense. A couple beers. Um, you know, some goodies. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I have in the past used both niacin and uh, iron as well to it. Sure. Uh, if you okay. ever see like a super bright red blood, like super bright red, they probably took some iron. Hmm. Okay. Because I, I noticed okay. that the one time I used it, I was like, my blood's almost fluorescent colored. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I remember strange. I remember when it was a, a one night at NWA Saw and Chris Michaels and uh, Kevin Weatherby were in a match and it was a blow off to a feud. And it wasn't Kevin or Chris that couldn't get color. Anyway, so Chris was just pounding tall boys and aspirin. And that was his combo as the aspirin and tall boys. And, you know, God forbid if he had a gusher, man, he might have bled out. But, you know, Chris was a pro. Uh, man, one know. night with Chase, I, he almost did. Gosh. Well, and then that match that night with Damian Wayne when yeah. 
he kept trying to get it for me. And I finally just had pulled my back up and got it. Yeah. I almost bled out. <laughs> oh my God, bro. Oh, geez, man. Yeah. So That's I mean, the first time I ever called a match off from being dizzy, I was up on the top rope about to deliver an elbow. I dropped the elbow and it was the ugliest elbow. Cause it was kind of like just a flopper. Oh, and I, I go to pan, I go, we've got to go. Yeah. Oh, so we've got like five minutes. I'm like, no, we don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it's home time, buddy. Come on, let's go. <laughs> right, sure, sure. Uh, bro- brother, I'm dizzy. We gotta go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. You know, that kind of leads me into my next question. So when I first got involved, it was around 2011 or so in the in the scene out there. Talk about that era of Nashville wrestling. I love Nashville. I miss it to this day. Let me just say this. Our first episode was about the Mount Rushmore and pro wrestling. My personal Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling in Nashville was you, Plunky, Drew, uh, Seven, Josephus, and Dyron Flynn. Those were my five. And again, I managed most of them until Josephus said, watch the knee. <laughs> and he kneed me and threw me out of the ring. He was like, nobody's managing me except the cave girl, basically. Rest in peace, Josephus. So there was such a strong amount of talent out there that were like burgeoning in my opinion, you know, like Dyron had the mouth seven had all the size, you know, you and drew, I thought were so God, dude, y'all were like FTR before FTR was FTR. Like the untouchables to me, I managed NWA tag team champions with Tyson and Andy, but man, y'all like, I felt like y'all were like the midnight express and the brain busters. You were the midnight express brain buster combination. Y'all even had the trunks and everything I remember. And it was like, bro, if you can imagine FTR before FTR, I mean, I guess that's what I would consider the untouchables. Like y'all were so good. And then, you know, Drew, he's a family man, you know, Drew to me, and you'll probably say this, but Drew's probably one of the best people on the planet, you know, as far as human beings. So Drew Haskins, if you hear this, uh, we love you, buddy. So anyway, I'm going to shut up. Talk about that era of wrestling in that you know, scene. Uh, actually, I think Drew Haskins is a terrible, terrible person. And I wish his name never to be spoken in my presence. Dang, man. No, nah, I'm just playing. That's just cause, thought- that's just cause he keeps going. Uh, he keeps going. Hey, man, I think I got one more run left in me, and then I'll tell <laughs> Nick and Carrie so we can do an Untouchables uh, Team IOU one last time, and then I'll never hear from Drew again. Oh man! So yeah. he's done that like th- two or three times to me, and I'm like, then he'll come back and be like, blah blah blah, wrestling. And right. I'm like, you're not coming back. I don't even talk about it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you're just gonna get me so, excited. No, I- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, so, yeah, that time wrestling, and I can't remember, was USWO still running at that time or no? It was. Yeah, it was. In, in its last days in the NWA main event, you had Saw at the big place at Fairground. So you had the Reno Saw and the TJ Saw. It was just a, you know, you had a lot of opportunities there in that town, you know. And then yeah, you had you to could bur- work, uh, I think, three to four nights a week in Nashville proper. Yeah. Right, because you had a you had Thursdays. Yeah, we had Wednesdays at the Stadium Inn. Right, for whoever was running Wednesdays, you right. had Thursdays for Mike Porter on either Veritas Street or the other place. I forgot what the other road was. Gallatin Pike. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, Gallatin Pike. Uh, you had the world famous Stadium Inn on Friday nights. USWO. Uh, Tony Falk, baby. Yeah, such a show that a drunk Dusty Rhodes even made a run in one night during the yes, TNA days. Absolutely. Like so, too many people have wrestled in a hotel full of drug dealers and crack whores. Literally, but 
Yeah, yeah, literally. There's a sign that says, uh, what, drug dealers and prostitutes take your business elsewhere. Yeah. They have that sign for a reason. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Saturday. No, no, wait, wait, wait. Did you wrestle in 2011 or 1983? That sounds like uh, some very old school uh, wrestling stories, kind of. Um, I think the I think the last time that the stadium in was updated would have been 1983. 1983. There's still a cigarette machine, a working cigarette machine. There so was. it may have been 1983. Yeah. yeah. Wow. 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 Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was just no, no, you, no. you told me that I'm like I'm like that sounds like something I've heard from like you know Dark Side of the Ring or one of those yeah. old school uh, you know documentaries. I'm like holy shit. That's <laughs> yeah, they, they can do a Dark Side of the Ring on uh, early to mid 2000s. USWO specifically, but totally, uh, totally. Nashville wrestling. Uh, oof, it'd be bad too. A lot of people would fry. <laughs> um, and, and you also had the sawmill, uh, with T, you know, TJ Weatherby running all. You had Reno who had syndicated TV running Showtime all-star wrestling. Right. I mean, there was, and that's just in that area. And then like just outside of it, you know, in Columbia, you had wrestling and Lebanon, you had wrestling, yep. uh, Lewisburg, right. Mount Julia, like you had wrestling everywhere around there. The scene's kind of dead compared to it now. Um, but the payoffs are better <laughs> because that's there's great. not everybody running every night. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, but I think they I think they burned out Nashville. Yeah, is what it was because yeah. there was so much running in Nashville every week. Well, Bert always claimed that TNA killed Nashville, so you know that was uh. You know. Well, yeah, Bert. I didn't even mention Bert. Bert would randomly run in Nashville. He would, Bert run, would run on the everywhere, outskirts. but. He, yeah, but he, or he, he'd run a random big show in Nashville. He's the reason I've managed in Illinois and in Kentucky and in, you know, Alabama. I know who, who did I work for in Alabama? Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Uh, you're, you're the guest. <laughs> so probably Will Owens. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're exactly right. Yeah. So, you know, that era of Nashville to me had such magic to it. Now, again, I was involved in it. So probably a little biased on that, but what did you think? First off, when you saw this probably, Probably, what would you say? Okay, the most Caucasian person on the planet wearing a sheik's garb. <laughs> it, it popped me because, like, that's the most carny wrestling thing ever. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I, and I look, you, you know, it. I, I pop for the carny stuff, man. I think yeah. it's hilarious, right? Uh, so, like, when I met you, and I'm like, oh wait, you're Omar. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> what was funny is I even got another guy, uh, Reed Owens, who actually could partially be Middle Eastern because he has the olive skin. Uh, Reed Owens, actually, he picked up a gimmick and actually ran with it for a long time. So Luke, just based off of my gimmick, which is hilarious because, I mean, it, you know, he could have been a million different things with anybody else, but he chose that one. It was crazy. So I even tried to get one of uh, Norte and Dyron's friends to take over after I had moved to Jimmy Street and stayed with my own name, I was like, dude, how awesome would it be if we had this kid be Omar and me at the same show? And this kid was actually Middle Eastern. Forgive me for not knowing his name, but Nyron and Norte, I think, are buddies with him. Anyway, long story short. Well, yeah. you even did both on some shows. I did. Yeah, I remember I did. that. Yeah. I did. Yeah, uh, which was weird. And then Dutch Mantel looked at me and up and down. He was like, you know, you're all right, but you got to get a better gimmick. I was like, okay, Dutch. <laughs> Respect. So, you know, talking about some of the people out there, the untouchables, as far as a tag team goes, what was your goal with that? I mean, was it take it to the top as far as you can? I mean, when you guys got together? 
Uh, well, so when we got together, it was because we enjoyed traveling together. Yeah, yeah. And we had similar personalities, you know, and especially at similar outlooks on wrestling. Yeah. Um, so we just enjoyed traveling together, and we're like, I oh, will just, you know, get booked as a tag team or something. The name Untouchable came from. <laughs> We would work for certain promoters, and you know they'd always make this big stand. And you know how it was back in the day, and I'm not like this anymore. But I would have some beers before a show. Sure, yeah. I would have some beers during a show. Yeah, and then I would have some beers after a show. Sure. Um, yeah. and Drew and I both enjoyed that. And the same promoters would get on to people about not drinking or not showing up this way because we could usually handle ourselves. They never said a word to us. Yeah. So I j- joked to Drew one night that apparently we're untouchable because that's <laughs> our name. That's it. Yeah. So it's all because we didn't get in trouble by promoters for drinking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the birth of a gimmick, folks. Yeah. There it is. At, le- at least the name. The, and the gimmick was just, man, uh, somebody, Mike Promo. Mike Promo had always told me, wrestle like you, you know, like you saw yourself do it when you were a kid. Well, I asked Drew, I'm like, hey, what? tag teams he do like he liked the untouchable the, the untouchables yeah i hope he liked us uh, yeah. he liked the brain busters <laughs> you know we both liked the midnight express and we just kind of merged them and like then we'd go with other tag teams we'd take stuff from the heart foundation we'd take stuff from you know god i know we did rocker stuff when we we're babyface on the rare occasion like and we just we just take 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 and to the point that we had a playbook a legitimate playbook and so we had code words for each other, and because we, we heard Cornette say in a shoot interview, "This is how they did the tag, the intricate tag moves," but you can never see them talk because they had like one or two words, but they knew what that meant. And we had a playbook that we studied and memorized, and yeah, you know, and we just—I don't know, man. And we we always thought the point of the match would would be like we always went by the roller coaster philosophy of bringing them up and down and up and down and up and down. And especially when we were the Southern tag champions and we would take the belts and on NWA promoters and we do the same finishes all the time, which is where their guys look like they've won, but they threw one of us over the top rope. We right. bring out a book that we had made. I put way too much thought into all this. And as a book with a giant NWA logo and as an official rule book, and we yeah. have somebody read it, it would port to the subsection where over the top ropes of disqualification. So while they won, you know, we are yeah. still the champions. We got out of town. We would, yeah. We tried to be the eighties as much as we could on yeah. everything we did. No, yeah. that's a great gimmick, man. That's a great gimmick finish to, to cause you can make the local talent look strong. You can put them over still by letting them win, but there's no question about, you know, why is the belt gone? Why is this or whatever? It's a good heel move to, you know, to really get your heat when you come back to the territory area, you know, to that particular promotion and stuff like that. That's pretty awesome. And, and one of the things I was telling Jimmy with this podcast specifically is I like the idea of hopefully people seeing some of the more old school techniques and tricks and moves and things that you guys that they would have used, you know, in the seventies, eighties, or even yourself in the the two thousands, but emulating some of the older style, you know, work, like you said, the carny stuff like that, those things still work, you know? So with this podcast, I like to do, and I like to do a little bit of uh, comparative, you know, uh, this compared to nowadays, this compared to nowadays and show people that like, for example, like let's say ricochet, for example, all right, aerial moves, unbelievable some of the stuff phoenix some of the aerial stuff he does unbelievable but like all of this had root in the 60s 70s uh, or even over in england with you know world of sport and stuff like that 
So it's awesome to hear that you are a a mid to to later 2000s wrestler still doing carny wrestling technique, and it still worked. It worked then. It'll work now. Like FDR could do that with Tully tomorrow night, you know, and it would get over. It it would work. Man, I'll, I'll tell you this. You can work in front of the smartest fans, and if you do it right, I can still take a piece of cardboard wrapped in uh wrapped in athletic tape and go after somebody's eye and i'm gouging this man's eye out with a spike yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. absolutely sorry in tennessee everything's a chain apparently but right right (laughs) i don't know how many times somebody would pass me a pair of nucks Mm -hmm. and i'd hit them and it's obviously a pair of nucks and they're like he's got a chain (laughs) or i'd be stabbing somebody with the atomic popsicle stick and they're like it's got a chain or when i would yeah when i would carry an actual chain they'd be like he's got brass knuckles (laughs) yep Yep, we just started using your shoe yeah that's true we did oh nice that was the The jj gimmick yeah that was the that was the jj gimmick i had these really nice i still have them somewhere but these really nice patent leather floor shimes that were super like were were, they like ankle boot gimmicks or were they yeah yeah yeah. they were like chelsea boots like like real deal and they were like your papa's church boots basically but at the same time we started using them because i could zip them off and have them off real quick and in and out and it was beautiful like i said man nwa southern tag team titles man well, you know, and that's the Favorite thing. Favorite pair of dress shoes ever. Yeah, yeah. I was doing a, I think I got a different job and I had to stop and y'all were kind of on your trajectory of traveling more. You were in town some, but you were traveling more. So we kind of had to part ways, but you know, I'll put it this way. And I'm going to say this with, with the most honesty that I can, you know, bring about. I feel like if the untouchables could have stuck together, they would be given FTR a run for their money right now. I'm just saying that I love FTR. I, I think the idea of FTR is awesome, but at the same time, I mean, I could see y'all wrestling anywhere right now. Stick around for more Jeremiah Plunkett. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome to the Monster Movie Stomp Down with me, Stompy, and my brother, Frank. Hi, I'm Frank. Join us, Sludge, Mark, and Ruben, three times a month as we review monster movies from around the world. And don't forget about the monthly contest and Triple I. Not only that, Frank, but you will find extra content like the Underdogs, Monster Mash Wednesdays, and the Friday Night Fights each week exclusively on our Facebook and Instagram. So please join us at the Monster Movie Stop Down. Your one-stop chomp for monster movie reviews, news, interview, trivia, laughs, and of course me, Stompy. Are you a pro wrestling fan? Well, stop by Captain's Corner where you can get autographed photos, cards, magazines, and figures from all of your favorite wrestling superstars of the past, present, and future. You'll also be able to participate in live signings in the weeks and months to come. Make sure to stop by Captain's Corner on Facebook and give us a holler. Remember, cheers to the working man. But the cool thing is, is you are wrestling somewhere. And, you know, granted, they're, 
you know, ROH just went down and a rebirth, but dude, the NWA is doing some real stuff right now, brother. Every time I watch it, I enjoy it even more. Talk about that, man. First of all, what was your end to the NWA? I mean, I got to guess, but <laughs> you know, well, I mean, you, and you may or may not be right. So the, I'd gone down there um, one time. Uh, I'm good buddies with uh, Anthony Mayweather Crimson. Um, yeah. And I'd gone down there one time because uh, our our school um, would provide, you know, um, would provide yeah. extras and security and, you know, ring crew. And, you know, I was asked if I wanted to go downhill, but I said, sure. Uh, so I went down and whatever the December before COVID was, I time is a, is a concept at this point. <laughs> yeah. Is. Right. Right. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I can only imagine what it's like for, for you and your profession. Uh, me, I, I, I do maintenance in apartments and we, I never stopped, but it was so weird for me. Even I can imagine what it was like for you. And I, you know, you've heard from the pro wrestlers going COVID is just, it sucked. You know, I can imagine what it was like for you, Bob. Uh, it, it was real. It was it was rough to the point that so that was, that was December. I really wasn't in working shape then because I had injured my neck. Um, so I was taking some time off. So I'm like, I'll just go down there and help. Obviously, I'll suck it up if they ask me to wrestle. But if not, I'll just you know I'll just work. And they didn't need me to wrestle, so I did I did some work backstage. Um, but I I was going through neck treatments. Uh, so I had just come back from that in February. And then COVID happens in March and shuts everything down. I had had two matches back from injury, from being out for four months, five months. Mm, and then wow. I was shut down for COVID for, I can't remember when people started taking bookings. Ever. <laughs> Forever. Yeah. That's how long. Right. It, it, yeah. And I, I thought, so I was to the point then where I was like, I may come back and wrestle some more or I may not. Yeah. Um, and like everybody else, I gained some COVID weight. So then I started, you know, getting on this weight loss thing. And I was working out with Kerry Awful. He's got a school in Middle Tennessee called Crux Wrestling. Props and I to just, Kerry. I like to, yeah. yeah, I like to just stay in ring shape. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah. So I'd go down there and roll around, and he'd let me help coach. And I was just trying to blow myself up. And I got a call from a New Jersey area code. And I don't know anybody in New Jersey, so I kayfabe that call. Just <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, until I got a text message right after from that call. Hey, this is Pat Kenny with the NWA. I'd like to talk to you about coming to work for us. <laughs> I need to go outside and take this call, Carrie. Sorry. And uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Then he was booking me for the uh, April 2021 show. And he had remembered me because I did a gut check for TNA and I believe it's 2012. My years are, again, the years are bad. Shots to the head, but I believe it was 2012. And Pat Kenny was the one who was leading our gut check. And yeah. he liked me then. Um, nothing came of the gut check besides spending a little time in OBW. Um, and when I saw Pat, when I walked in, he shook my hand. He goes, Jeremiah Plunkett. He goes, I, you remember the gut check in 2012? I go, yes, sir, I do. He goes, I liked you then. Couldn't get you a job. We'll see what we can do here. Yeah. So it was, it was real cool, man. Um, so obviously, you know, uh, being associated with you know lots of the guys who already worked there and them knowing me, uh, as well as you know the right person being in the executive producer chair who also knows me, uh, got me my my opportunity. Um, I'm not contracted or anything with them. I'm you know just uh, hey they call me I show up. But I love being there. You know you spoke to watching their product and enjoying it uh, before it, it was even fathomed that I would go there. 
I was like, man, this is my favorite wrestling on TV because it's the wrestling that I love to watch. I you love know, it the reminds me of the Georgia Championship or, yeah. or the Memphis, totally Mid Atlantic studio yeah. wrestling. Yeah, mm-hmm. dude, yeah. I love the look of it. I love the feel of it. I mean, Billy, it seems to me, is such a attention to detail, man. How how does it feel working? First of all, I'm a freaking Smashing Pumpkins mark, <laughs> like straight up. How does it feel work? I mean, like when you, uh, you know, when I talked to Wolfie about Vince, you know, he's like, it's a presence. I, I imagine Billy's probably the same, right? Just a presence about him. Would you, but maybe I'm wrong. No, no, no. I mean, you're, you're right. And I don't think it, it is something that he puts off, but I don't think it's something that he puts off intentionally. Sure. You know, he's just, he's just kind of existing in the world, man. You yeah. know what I mean? And just like, and it took me a couple tapings before I ever had like a conversation with him besides, you know, hi and thank you. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, he's actually pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> um, uh, it, it, I'll, I'll say this. He, uh, he's a good dude. He, uh, when I got married, um, I was, I was on my way cause we had just like a, a two day honeymoon because a real honeymoon would come later in the year because sure. we moved it so I could make these tapings. Yeah. Um, and yeah. he sent a, he sent the Instagram message and it was like, Hey, congratulations on the honeymoon, blah, blah, blah. Like, like a long one, not just a, Hey, congratulations, like long. And I was like, Billy Corgan just, yeah. just messaged us. Congratulations. <laughs> That's is, awesome. What is this world? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You still have those surreal moments. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, for, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the fact when Ricky Morton and Tracy Smothers gave me their phone numbers, like little <laughs> watching USWA wrestling oh, fan yeah. Jeremiah was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I can, I can only imagine. I just, uh, when we first talked about doing this podcast, I was talking to, because I, I, I am good friends with Jimmy's cousin, and that's kind of how we got hooked up, he and I. And uh, it came down, he was like, hey, uh, you want to do a wrestling podcast? You, you love wrestling? I was like, yeah, okay. And they're like, Jimmy does one with Wolfie and all this other stuff. I said, okay. I, he, I go, do I get to talk to pro wrestlers eventually? And we're like, yeah, probably. And I'm like, deal, done, cool. <laughs> because, I mean, I'm 45 years old, but if I get to talk to a pro wrestler to this day, I turn into a little kid again and half of me is like, what's it like this? And what's it like that? And how do you choose this? And how do you, you know, and, and then the other half of me is like, all right, calm down. You're a grown man. Try not to, <laughs> you know, um, I was telling Jimmy, I, I got to actually spend oh day and a half with Ray Lloyd Glacier a couple of years back at a comic con, like kind of like a handler. And, I start off real cool. Hey man, yeah, I used to watch and everything else. Da, da, da. And by the end of it, I'm like, really? And what's this? And what's that? He's like, well, here's the armor. And I'm like, this is great, you know. And I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm like a little kid again. Um, so it's good to know that this is what you do for a living, but at the same time, you're still that little ten year old kid. Sometimes, you know, uh, it, it seems to me like it's something you appreciate so much. I can, I, I mean, I can imagine certain people who will go, go unnamed. Not that we're ever probably going to talk to them, but, you know, and that that are working for a gentleman up north that get to the point where they're like, it's my job. This is what I do. This is my job. X, Y and Z. I think that comes across, you know, and, and, and so it's awesome to talk to a guy that's just like, nah, man, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a kid still sometimes. Yeah, it's your job and everything else. But, you know, you can just tell, can't you? I mean, especially as a fan, I can tell those that love it those that are just doing it 
can you tell that when you're going to work with somebody or when you're trying to set up a match beforehand or i mean how does you know like can do you get a vibe like that do you do you know who is it's business and who it's fun still um yeah yeah to a degree uh, I, I I say that with a little bit of trepidation though because like I, I have totally been that guy to where we're trying to put a match together and it's a young guy who wants to go out there and do everything. Sure. And I'm mm-hmm. like, listen, man, I, I'm beat up. We're going to keep this kind of dumb. You know, we're going to keep this simple. Uh, yeah. We're still going to work hard, but we're going to keep this simple. And I just see like the disappointment in their eyes. <laughs> or if I tell them, like, you know, some nights I have my back might act up and be like, hey, man, listen. Ain't gonna be many bumps tonight, and he's just like, "Oh, this guy's lazy." No, I'm gonna go out there and work hard, and probably blow you up. But like, I just need to take a few less falls on my back for tonight, so I can get up in the morning. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. So I, I've I've been that guy. So I try to give everybody a benefit of the doubt like that when I'm putting a match together with them. Mm-hmm. You know, because like, oh, you know, some people might not want to say they're hurt, and they just like, yeah, maybe you know, maybe not. Sure, cool. sure, that makes sense. Or, or they, they might be burnt out. You don't know what they're going through. What I do hate, though, is when, like, you can tell that they're not wanting to give as much as they want to receive. Okay, makes sense. Yep, yeah, I get that. that. I get that. And I'm, I'm very much, I've always been, been taught, and I, I think it's a Southern wrestler thing, that you make the other guy look as good as possible so right. that they make you look, look as good as possible. And That's you your job. Great. Yeah, that, I mean, that's your job at the end of the day. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Well, has that ever gotten you in <laughs> trouble, like, to where you were like, I told you to get over on him strong, and you're, like, giving him 50-50. Has that ever gotten you in a position to where you were like, come on, dude, I was trying to make the guy look good. That's the way I was trained. I mean. Um, has it gotten me in trouble? Um, it probably, it has probably negatively affected me in, in some situations where I should have turned it off. You know what I mean? Where I'm sure. supposed to focus on what they're wanting me to look like. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I've had some get over matches and they're not fun. They're just not for me. Right. You know what I mean? I, like, I, I've always been a hard bumper and stuff and stuff like that. Yeah. I really like making people look good, especially when I'm working as a heel. Uh, so I, I, I bet it probably has impacted me to the point where I'm, I'm kind of seen as that in some places. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As the guy who can lead somebody to a good match and, you know, we'll put the other guy over and that's fine. And he'll, this guy can work with anybody, makes him look good. Um, and I'm fine with that because at this point I, I know what I am. I'm five foot 10, 250 pounds. I'm not going to set the world on fire in the land of giants. Uh, but what I am is a, a hell of a hand and a, and a good journeyman wrestler, a carpenter, and I can make somebody who nobody else can have a good match with. I can probably pull something out of it. Yeah. Well, you know, you saying that though, the landscape of professional wrestling has changed. I mean, at least again, I say all this from a, a fan, a viewer standpoint. Um, you know, you, you're right. The land of giants, you know, I I remember, um, I, I got, I had the opportunity to meet, um, uh, the Hardys years and years ago. And I'm like, these guys are, you know, edge and Christian, better example. You don't realize that they're as tall and big as they are when you see them on TV, because against someone like Dave Batista, they're like, you know, like you're, you're a little dude, you know? Um, so, but now, but nowadays you do have guys that are five ten. you've got guys that are six foot, you've got guys that are two fifty and, and, and that height as well, but can, st- you know, 
again, to me, it seems like you can almost get over any kind of a quote unquote physical limitation, uh, a look, a body guy, whatever. You can get over that kind of stuff if you've got the personality that really captures nowadays. Like we were talking earlier before we went on air with about uh, Danhausen, for example. Before Danhausen, you know, when when he was in his human makeup, we will say just to keep it kayfabe, <laughs> he wasn't getting over. You know, it, it could do good matches. I've seen some of them can go. You know, but when he started doing the Danhausen, that's now he's you know skyrocketed, and it's because it does it almost to me again. It of course, yeah, you want to see a big guy, you want to see Braun Strowman. You see him out working. Of course, you want to see a giant guy like that. That's great because in my era, that's what we had. We had Hogan. We had Andre, things like that. But, you know, I'm just as entertained with watching the smaller wrestlers now out there working. So, like you were saying, you're a journeyman. You know, you know where you fit in kind of in the in, in the landscape. But I'm of the of the mindset where I still think you could do anything you wanted to. 510 is the six three of now you know? it, it, it almost is and you know what i'm saying it's like i, I don't know man it, it's i i, I know what you're saying yeah like when i first got in there was, there'd be absolutely no way anybody would look sure you know sure. what i mean and okay. back back in 2005 yeah. i wasn't a body guy and i wasn't above six foot you know what i mean and that 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 was two prerequisites yeah uh, you know, when, when I first broke in, um, yeah, now, now it would be a little bit more possible. Um, now I've also got 16 years of damage on this body too. Sure. Sure. So, um, I'm not saying that, that the fire fire is dead as far as trying to be that guy. I'm saying I'm not willing to do what some on the independents are doing for that spot now. Okay. Makes sense. I, you know, th- yeah. there, there's, pe- there's people who are working for exposure bucks out there now and, with hopes that eventually it'll pay off. Right. And I just don't trust. <sighs> yeah. Maybe this is another old school thing of me, but I still don't trust a lot of promoters. Right. So I don't trust a promoter to ever pay off those exposure bucks to ever pay you back for what you've invested. Yeah. From, from the stories that I've heard, you know, my entire life. Yeah, I get it. I understand exactly what you're saying. It's uh, again, the carny portions of the industry. Some of them are, some of them are awesome. Some of them are, are uh, a hillbilly from Virginia trying to be a chic, and some of them are also uh, getting really screwed over, and that's gotta suck. What you know? Speaking of which, what is your least favorite part of the industry itself? Not the, you know, bumping or the drive or whatever. What's your least favorite part of the industry? Uh. It, 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 if you're talking about something like I have to do, I hate negotiating. Like, mm-hmm. but but the, sure. the actual business talks, like that's that's something I hate doing because, especially when you know somebody hit me up from a long ways away, and I'm just like, I know this person's not going to offer me a flight, and I'm too old, and I don't want to drive it. Anymore. Yeah, sure. That, that's where I say maybe I've lost that fire a little bit. Right, I used to drive 16 hours one way. Right. For for a shot. Right. Yeah. And now yeah. I'm like, I'm married and have a have a house that I don't have to leave. I have three cats yeah. that I really love. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I've got really fast internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're, you're like, ah, I don't need a hot dog and a handshake anymore, but I'm good. Uh, I appreciate it though. Yeah. 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 Well, and even if the pay is decent, I don't want to be on the road that long. I just right. like the car, the car 
can kill you more than the matches. Yeah, um, I can imagine that. Uh, but it's so that as far as something like that I have to do, I hate is the negotiation. I just hate it. Um, it, it. As far as the industry itself, it's probably the taking advantage, either the taking advantage of the, the younger talent, you know, by telling them it's, it's all paying dues. And, and to a degree, I believe paying, paying dues is a thing, but mm-hmm. there's, there's a level where it's like, Hey, you just asked this guy, to, to do what I said, to drive 16 hours to this shot. And you're like, Hey man, you're green. I'm not going to pay you for that. Yeah. No, man, you pay, you pay this guy. Right. Yeah. You know, something. Yeah. I'm, he maybe shouldn't be rich, but he should have gas in his tank. And yeah. God, I'm scared about what the future holds as far as transportation pot costs. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I live where I work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a good segue there. Do you see that becoming a thing to where essentially, obviously, promoters have always tried to pay less and get more? Do you see that going away? Uh, well, I, I will say that from for the most part, from now uh, to back when I broke in, things have improved yeah. as far as like the treatment of wrestlers, the quality of shows. Um, to a degree, the quality of wrestlers, like you, you'll still find, depending on what shows you're on, untrained guys or barely trained guys. Right. Um, but if you're on decent shows, you it used to be even on decent shows. There's a couple of them because they, you know, brought thirty people to the show or something <laughs> yep. like that. The old ticket yep. sellers. Right. Um, you don't you don't see as many as much as that anymore. Or if you do see ticket sellers, they're usually pretty decent. Yeah. So it's like, all right, the kid can work and he brings people. Perfect. Right. God forbid, um, right? <laughs> so I, I, I will say things have seemed better, but I hate when I see someone taking advantage of a younger guy. Yeah. Um, both financially and, and physically. I, you know, all these people who brag about roughing up somebody in, in the ring. If you're roughing up somebody who's giving you their body and not fighting back, you're. Right, right. Uh, if you had to, I mean, uh, I saw you. Piece of work. I had to, can't censor myself on that one because. Yeah, I saw you sugar a dude that claimed he was trained by Chase Stevens one time that he was about to cry, and you were trying to get even more of the deep hold on him. And I was like, "Do you remember that night the guy oh, showed oh, up I at do. me? Yeah, yeah, and you yeah, were like big jacked up guy in an affliction shirt." Yeah, and you step into the ring, you get him yeah, in a lockup. He couldn't lock up. You get him in some kind of maneuver, and then you sugar him for a minute, and you get out of the ring, and you were like, yeah, he ain't trained. And I'm like, I knew that. We all knew that, right? But anyway, yeah. Well, the, the, the best part of that, and that that was just me protecting myself, because right. there's this guy who BS his way into the ring. Right. Um, but yeah, I tried to lock up with him. He couldn't do it. I'm like, what the heck? And then something happened. And he, he grabbed the hold on me, and I got out and punched him in the mouth. And right, then yeah, I took, took right. him down. And then I tagged yeah. in Sev. Right. And I thought, okay, because this dude was way bigger than me, bro. Like, right. this dude was big. Right. So I'm like, all right, tag in the big hitter. Right. Sev goes in and starts working with him. I'm like, all right, buddy. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to calm him down, like really hurt him. But the thing was, is what's so funny is he was trained. It was claiming Chase Stevens trained him. And you were like, okay, I can call Chase right now and verify this. And Seven's like, well, Chase trained me. I'll call him. And it was like 30 people who could verify that this guy was just full of crap, you know. But um, anyway, I'll never forget that because you just stepped out of the ring onto the turn. You were standing there and you were like, yeah, he ain't trained. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we knew that, right? But, you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's crazy to me to think that the guy could even schmooze his way in there. Literally, I was thinking Sev was just because he had his girlfriend there and he didn't even come back to the locker room. After the match, he went and sat down beside her. Have you ever he seen that? Crowd. He watched the rest of the show. Yeah. Have you ever seen that happen other than that? Holy hell. Uh, I, I've, I've seen a guy get kicked out of the locker room and couldn't leave because his his ride was still on the show. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, but I, I no, I've never seen the guy show up, claim to work, get yeah. booked. It go very poorly for him, right. and he stayed. Right. Yeah. Sweating. That's what shocked me is that he stayed. He was like sweating in his jeans and like, you know, it was just that. Oh my and God. And he didn't hit the ring on because we had another match after that. That six man was added and right. thrown in. Right. So like we went back out to the ring and he didn't hit the ring on us. So. No, no. And Porter was like, well, let's let him try. And it's like, are you sure, Porter? <laughs> you know? So Porter, uh, Mike Porter was a former uh, funeral director in Nashville and he had some ties. T- I-, I don't know the full story on him. Because every time I say something, people are like, no, that ain't true. Uh, You know, he was apparently one of the great Mephisto. Is that true? Uh, He he, he worked in uh, the Tennessee Territory. I don't know if for Jarrett or Goulas. I know Goulas. I don't know if he was Jarrett at all. Right. Um, Claimed that he was trained by Tojo. And uh, he may have been. Um, Yeah, in Tennessee Territory, Tojo trained a lot of the guys. So that's very possible. Right. but so when they'd have mass tag teams and they would do that because it would be easy to run multiple crews and like you right. have a devil's disciples over here and a yeah. devil's disciples over here. Yeah. So he was probably a Mephisto. Sure. Um, he w- he was not the, the Mephisto. Mephisto. Yeah, that, that was that was Frankie Kane. Frankie, um, yeah. And was, they, it was the original. Right. Um, as far as I know, anyway. I think but, you're right. Yep, you're right. Yep. But, uh, but Porter was a Mephisto. And he was probably also a uh, whatever angel that Frank Morell was. He right. was probably also an assassin oh, when, yeah. when they Any. had the fake assassins in Tennessee. You know what I mean? Right. He was definitely a medic. I know he was a medic. For he a was fact. a medic, you know yeah. Yeah. He had these eight by tens that he would always show us and be like, that's me right there. He was the last dude that I knew that actually did the wrestling handshake because my mentor, Ken Steele, you'll hear a lot about him in the show coming up. He actually showed me the handshake and then I met all the guys because I met Kenny and learned a couple things from him and then worked a few shows as a manager, never had to use them and then got to Nashville and then got booked uh, and did more in Nashville than I ever did in Virginia. But the funny thing was, is I used the handshake like one time and people were like, nah, bro, don't, don't do that. That weak ass handshake, do the real, like shake it like a man. And so like, just to kind of, you can't see this on the podcast, but it's a two fingered, I don't know. It's a horrible thing, uh, to get put on you <laughs> and Porter did it there's still. A, there's, a couple, there's a couple different ones, right? So there's, there's the guys who just give you the dead fish. So they the go in like fish. a regular handshake, but there's yeah. nothing with it. Cause he um, works light. So, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. That, that's supposed to show that, Hey brother, I work light. I'm, I'm this easy. Right. Um, and then there's guys who take it a step further. And this is the one that when the original carnies, me, Nick Iggy, uh, and Carrie awful, we yeah. weren't carnival carnies. Like they turned into, we were right backstabbing you know carnies of crap t- yeah. tennessee wrestler carnies yeah so we do the old carny handshake we totally ripped off the two sweet me t-shirt and we did the carny handshake and we would always say uh 
the two finger limper with a thumb graze and you just shake hands with your two four fingers and your thumb and you right. shake that as lightly as humanly possible and it was the, the dumbest thing for supposed <laughs> tough guys to do yeah. but that was that was the deal um and that's when i was brought in i was brought in on that and i shook yeah. jerry lawler's hand that, like that one night and he said <laughs> don't ever do that shake my hand like a man and I haven't done it since unless I'm joking around with somebody or if it's somebody that I know like still likes it that way. And I'm like, all right, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But like Ben Jordan calls me a crowbar to this day because I shake his hand normal. Yeah. Oh, stiff crowbar. You're going to break my arm, (laughs) man. Oh, dude, Ben, Ben, what a, what an old schooler too. You know, he would always pop up randomly, you know, boogie, woogie boy, Gary Valiant. And he did a tag team, Gary Scott and, uh, and Ben. And, uh, yeah, I heard a lot of great things about those guys. Those were the OG guys that would go up and work for Vince and work for WCW. And you randomly see him on a Saturday night. And then, of course, that tread on down to like Chase and the Wolfies and those guys. And then it went on down to the guys that I considered myself a part of with Plunky and Drew. You would, you know, you would randomly get booked on these WWE deals. Now, I was never one. It never made sense for me. But I know, you know, most of the guys like Flynn, they would get WWE little uh, tryout matches or tryouts and you would work as security. You'll randomly see that happening still. How many times did you do that, Plunky? Not a one. Not a one. All right, we'll cut that out of the show. Oh, oh no, it's fine. I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I, 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 I signed up for the website a couple times. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Never really paid attention. Actually, I just saw the link was still on my favorites on my toolbar today. Yeah. And I was like, I'm never <laughs> using that. And I just deleted it. Erase. Yeah, so, right. So I always I was under the impression that it was something Bert got people. Am um, I wrong about that? Uh, no, uh, you're, you're not wrong. Um, you could get it without... Bert as well. Okay. Bert knew the people to contact to for sure get you on, right? For sure. He would use that to get you to work cheaper. Right. Of course. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. But he could usually get you on. Yeah. I've seen some people who were awful and should (laughs) not have been there. Right. Bert got him there. Rest in peace, Bert Prentice. He was probably the last true carny. I mean, I know there's some out there still, but I mean, Bert was one of those true, real dudes. Like, would do a raffle and rig the raffle and then run another raffle <laughs> in the raffle. Uh, yeah. So, anyway. I, I've seen him hold a show hostage from coming back from intermission. Yeah, he'd yeah. be like, "We're not starting back until all these raffle tickets are sold. Then you will get right. back to wrestling." Wolfie oh, wow. tells a funny story about that happening. So, but you know, Plunky man, you know, when we're together, brother, time goes so fast. We're getting to the end of our segment here. One question I've got to ask you uh, before you go is. Just how bad do you hate Brock Anderson? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. But I, God, I, this is going to sound so bad. I, I wish he was better, but right, he legitimately had his first match on TV. Yeah, right. So I keep reminding myself that. Right. Because if my first match was in TV, yeah. holy crap, you guys would be saying, Hey, how bad do you hate Jeremiah Plunkett? <laughs> <laughs> but every time I've watched him, he has gotten better. Yeah. I mean, so this would be, he's two years in, maybe. Right. That's right. it. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, God, two years in. Yeah. But Jesus, does he look like his daddy? I know. Right. 
I mean, yeah, he needs I, to I thicken get up. Built like his dad. Yeah, he needs to thicken up. Yeah, he, he looks like his dad on like you know Memphis payoffs. That's right. That's what. Yeah. That's you what, know, what Arn would have looked like if he was working for Goulas. <laughs> when you but. when you said uh, Arn, I I instantly booked you in as one of my favorite wrestlers of all time because i loved arn anderson you know when i was younger you'd get in the backyard and you'd play and my buddy would be like okay i'm gonna be brandy savage and i'm like okay he's like who are you gonna be i'm like arn anderson he's like why i'm like because arn anderson can really kick your ass yeah you, you know it's like you got some people that um could have been fantastic workers a great showman and stuff like that but like arn you just knew arn you saw him and you believed 100 he would kick your ass he was the enforcer you know he no matter you know what trouble rick's mouth may have got you know the horseman into or whatever you knew arn was going to be coming right back with either a steel pipe or something but he was going to take care of the the job you know Mm -hmm. and i loved that no nonsense looks like somebody's uncle you know just thick not even a body guy but just a thick badass looking pro wrestler you know yeah like people like him uh um uh finley uh fit finley i you know same kind of style in my opinion um i love that so when you said that i was like okay this 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 plunker guy knows what he's talking about he's all right in, in my book you know <laughs> but yeah I, i'm with you man I, i've never been i've never been the the super loud um you know super boisterous super flamboyant type of personality period like i like mm-hmm. you know i like i like quiet i like being alone um, I, and I'm very, uh, I'm very reserved. So like for wrestling to even get into wrestling, I have to like get myself up, up a lot. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, a lot of, a lot of that was why I drank, <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. To, sure. To, like for to, courage. to let loose. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I'm glad that's behind me cause God, that was stupid, but right. That's right. so I think that's why I always saw Arn because like, Arn was a showman, but he wasn't a big, crazy showman. You know, he, he did little things. And like I like to try to do little things, like you know, Arn would get rocked, and he'd you know shake his head and be holding the fists up, and right. like he's looking at the stars and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas other guys would you know hit the ground, scream, and all that. I just can't do that. I don't know if it's self consciousness or what. So I've always gone for the Arn route, and then I would see guys, other guys who did it. Bobby Eaton. Bobby Eaton was another small thing mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He wasn't big and loud. You had they had Cornette for that, right? Yeah. The, yeah. These are guys who excelled at Perfect. what they did in the ring. And that's what I've always wanted to do is excel at be good at what I did in the ring. Yeah. Like you said, uh, it, it's, it's sometimes it's the little things that can really change um, the complexion of the match. You know, it, it's first and foremost, I've always said it's the selling. If you can sell, you should always have a job. <laughs> and, you know, and the little things can turn it in from, uh, turn it in, you know, from a, uh, oh, that's a good match to, now, see, that's what I'm talking about kind of moment. And you're right. He would just shake it off because, like, how many times, especially if you're watching a movie, you go, oh, the the bar fight guy, he just kind of shakes it off and goes about his business, you know. Yeah. Arn would do that kind of stuff. And right. you're right. It's it just it, little elements of at least pseudo-realism yeah. included into it made it look like a real fight, you know. And, of course, that spine buster, man. I, there's none better. None. Yeah. Brock's working on it. <laughs> the last one i saw him deliver wasn't bad <laughs> but his dad still got that that's that's the best uh that's the best spine be. buster 
he has to do it well, or if he doesn't, he has to not wrestle anymore. <laughs> right. Well, he's, I, he's I, been doing the gourd buster too. Give him a break. Yes. Right. He, yes. He, he has. Takes yeah. Buster. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, I, I have spine buster <laughs> up against Brock. So, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I agree. I know. Right, well, there you, you know go, though. Um, I, I do have one question for you because, like I said, I like to take old school and mix it with some kind of new school and kind of put them together and make a mess in my head. If you were starting uh, an organization today. And money was not an object. Can you name three people that you would book instantly that you'd bring in and put under contract? Cur- currently working. Uh, this isn't a um, thing. This is people like currently. Well, let's. Well, you know what? Let's do. Let's do currently working, and then maybe all time even, because that'll okay. go back to the old school too. Oh, currently working. Gosh, who am I a, a super fan of? Um, Colby Carino. He's great. Uh, be, be, I. I I have not seen a little shit talking heel better than him <laughs> in such a long time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I personally like Colby and I'll watch him on TV and hate Colby. <laughs> so, uh, so that's, that's awesome. Sure. Um, Thomas Latimer. I mean, I, I know he's kind of already taken, so I, I don't know if we're talking about people. who No, are no, you, you, no, no, you can cherry pick. No problems. This is fantasy Tom, world. Tom is one of the best hands I, I've ever seen. He's one of the most, yeah, he's one of the most aggressive. He cuts an amazing promo. He's always in amazing physical shape. Mm-hmm. I believe everything about Thomas Latimer anytime I, I see him work. So we've got a heel. We've got a little junior heavyweight shit talking heel. Oh, God, I need an ultimate baby face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you can't say Ricky Morton, not in this group. <laughs> yeah, well, and, <laughs> listen, I, I, I love I love Ricky, but I wouldn't base uh, a company around the current Ricky Morton. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, sure, yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. Although, Ricky, hey, but, he still went a couple a uh, few months ago. He was still in there and, and bumping a little bit. I get you oh, can't no, complain. No, he's, still, he's still great. Fantastic. I just yeah. wouldn't base the whole company around. Sure, sure. No, um, yeah, of course. God, man, I'm so not up to grasp on what the product is right now too, which is horrible. There almost aren't any pure baby faces. And I, I would want a pure baby face against Tom. Uh, geez, man, you've really got me in a spot. I can't, I can't <laughs> but you know what? That, 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 that I, makes I watch you think, so though. many heels too. You know what? Sure. No, no, actually heels. It's, it's, mm. it's going to be a pure baby face, but it's not. And I'm going to go with him because I've watched his run this entire time and i've seen him legitimately make people in the audience cry with what he says and that that's trevor murdoch i'm gonna go with trev because okay oh, he yeah. hooks him man yeah. he hooks him i've i was there when he won the 10 pounds of gold and i saw how many people myself included cried yeah so the fact that he can elicit that emotion he's not the baby face i was going for i was thinking about the old classic style baby face sure but no man trevor yeah yeah, that's you know what you say that name. That's one guy that I remember his WWE FG run, whatever the hell it's called at that time. He absolutely did not get highlighted yeah, for what he split, can actually do. After they split the tag team, it, re- it really was unfortunate for Dred. Yeah, yeah. right. Because um, he's excellent in the ring too. His Jap- Japan work was great. Like he mm-hmm. can he can go, but just. You know, after the tag team, they had them drunkenly singing sure. "Friends in Low Places" on right. <laughs> on the announcers' right, right. table. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he and Cade were like, I, to me, they were like the new outlaws. You know what I mean? You had Dusty and and Murdoch in that. They couldn't be the new age outlaws, but they were the new yeah. outlaws, in my opinion. They really worked well. To, yeah, it really worked with those two guys. 
Bro, I I loved them. That high low when they just hit it, and you can oh, yeah, you could tell they laid it a little bit bit more in than others. It's just like man, right, right. So many times in the current scene, if you do an up and over and they aren't getting down enough, you have to overcompensate and do the old like high clothesline, which looks like crap, and I hate that. So. What I would see is like somebody like Trevor, if somebody would have done an up and over if expecting to kind of do that to him, he would probably just knock their head off. <laughs> yeah, you know? no, it's your responsibility to duck, bro. Right, right. I can't <laughs> I can't help you if you don't duck. Yeah. Love it. Love so, it. So, you know, Plunky, brother, I, I, you got to come back on the show, man. You're one of my favorites as far as hanging out with you. I wish I could do more. Hopefully in the future, we'll get to hang out sometime soon. So with that being said, man, tell us where they can find you, your socials, your pro wrestling tees. Tell us about that, man. Yeah, get, get your shit in now, Plunky. All right. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm on a. See, I'm bad about this. I'll just give it to you for 50%, and then I'll get you on that. <laughs> no, no, uh, no. All <laughs> um, my social media um, Instagram, Twitter. I have a Facebook, but I probably won't respond there unless you're offering me money to wrestle. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm Plunkitis on all of those. You can thank uh, Danny Deals for that name that he gave to me Love 10 it. years ago. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I do have a pro wrestling tease. It's pro wrestling tease slash Jeremiah Plunkett. Um, but I'm moving a lot of my stuff over to storefrontier.com slash Plunky's gimmick table. Yeah. Um, I know why, have, probably. Yeah. But they have more options. You know what I mean? Like pro wrestling right. tees, you'll, oh, there, there is that other thing with pro wrestling tees. Yeah. But uh, storefrontier. <laughs> Store Frontier, you know, you can put yourself on tank tops, hoodies, all this stuff. Whereas Pro mm-hmm. Wrestling Tees, like, you get one color shirt. Right. At least right. for at least for guy, guys like us. You know <laughs> sure, what I mean? Sure, like, sure. You know, I'm sure AEW, you can put it on whatever you want. But, right, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. But so there's a lot of options. They have tie. They sold, they got me with tie dye t shirts. That's I awesome. Tie-dye. So I'm yeah. like, sweet, I can do it. Here we go. Yeah. Um, so Pro Wrestling Tees.com slash Plunky's Gimmick Table. Um, and th- that's the biggest thing to support besides, uh, you know, seeing where you can find me and come see me in person. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Keep me, keep me company at the gimmick table. Please buy something, <laughs> but keep me company because I hate being out there. Uh, <laughs> and man, it, it, if you can, just check out the NWA. Uh, you can watch it for free on YouTube, or if you want to go ahead and get the uh, the all access pass, it's fifty dollars for the year. Wow, you can't you can't beat that. That no. that gets you every pay per view. That gets you the first run of the TV shows. Yeah. Um, and then when they do their little specials, like the 10 pounds of gold, and uh, it looks like one starting called Building the Burke about the women's championship. So, okay. nice. you know, all that stuff will be available first run on there. So, I mean, for, for the $50, I think that's the price of two of the pay-per-views, and you get they're talking about doing six of them this year. Wow. Wow. Okay. My granddad would always tell me that's like a sore Peter. You can't beat it. <laughs> that's a granddad line that's awesome well, at, the end of the day, you gotta, you, at the end of the day you gotta remember i'm from kentucky born and raised until yeah. i ended up in ohio so yeah. there you go, yeah. i'm not too far from you guys uh yeah. when it comes to that kind of stuff that raising yeah right right uh jeremiah for just getting to meet you tonight man i really appreciate you coming on and having a good time and and i had a blast talking to you like jimmy said we gotta have you back on the show there's tons of uh little t- year old mark dan questions that i want to ask a, a pro wrestler still so hopefully in the in the future we get to speak to some other pro wrestlers but at least you now i can look at jimmy and go hey make him answer you know this guy right and, um <laughs> so you know but no seriously i i really appreciate you coming on man it was a blast to get to meet you and a blast to get to talk to you 
I'd get really in trouble if I didn't say this. Uh, we also have a podcast. It's a terrible podcast, but it's called the Territorial Wrestling Review. Um, and we literally just will pick random 10-minute wrestling matches that we do not watch beforehand. So we don't nice. know if they're good, terrible, what. Yeah. Uh, and me and my old tag team partner, Quentin Charisma, we'll watch them together, laugh, and then we'll discuss about current wrestling that he usually hates <laughs> he's awesome quentin's awesome and awesome. also the podcast is not terrible man it's a good podcast so yeah i'm a listener yeah, please find that folks please yeah. find that and, and throw that in your rotation yeah absolutely we'll put the link in the description and all that i love you buddy it's good to see you man i, I love you thank you so much man see thank you bud, you, bud. Up next, give me back my pro wrestling action figures after these messages. Just how drunk are we gonna get? Welcome to Good Beer Bad Movie Night, where each month we drink finely crafted brews while watching terrible films in order to see just how drunk you have to get to enjoy them. So tune in and join Troy. Killboy Kreitz. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> Dave. I have the weirdest boner. And Pete. IPAs are ales, meaning they are bottom fermented. Excuse me, they are top fermented. I f that up. <laughs> Try that again. As we drag Kathleen. Hear me. Kicking and screaming through an alcohol-fueled podcast dedicated to movies of questionable quality and the frosty adult beverages that help make them tolerable. Good beer, bad movie night. Clearly, it's the beer's fault. Figures. All right, everyone. Now we're going to talk about some action figures. Remember the remember the first episode, Jimmy? Remember back all those years ago now? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the better half of the street tag team, Jared, was on the show. Yeah. Jared, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. I, I love whenever he does a run in. Jared, we're <laughs> going to talk about some action figures again. And right. you are action figure guru. So please take it away. Yeah, guys, um, you know, there's some exciting news uh, with retro wrestling action figures. Um, you know, it looks like we're going to maybe see some wrestlers that nobody ever thought would probably be made into figures. Uh, it takes the WWE a few years ago to have that Jack's Classic Superstars, but this is going to, like, encompass people that, you know, you wouldn't even dream of in that set. It's called Powertown Brand, and their tagline is, Where Wrestling Lives On. Okay. And, uh, Greg Gagne is... Uh, half behind it, and I think the other guy's name's Steve Rosenthal, and they were some of the original people that did the AWA Rimco back in the day. Um, Ooh, so nice. The, they have a first a series one announced, and I've seen some of the mock-ups, and it looks pretty good. They've got Vern Gagne is going to be one. Right. Um, uh, Lou Thez. I mean, Lou Thez is big in the 40s and 50s. I mean, Right, you know, somebody like a, a godfather of wrestling. That's yeah, you know I mean, literally, yeah. You know, um, they're going to have Ted DiBiase and Stan Hansen in their All Japan Wrestling Tag Team. Oh, okay. you know what? I, I, you know what? Now that you said that, I remember seeing some renderings of this on yeah. Facebook, and because I remember I was looking at them going, "Oh, that's kind of cool." Let's go, Stan Hansen and Ted DiBiase sold. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. And then the other two to round out the six are Kerry Von Erich. Nice. Uh, and Magnum TA. Oh, oh man. Man. Yeah, that's that's a good lineup right there. Yeah. Yeah. Every time every time I think about Magnum TA, I always think of 
what could have been with him. Uh, right. Right. You know, it's tough not to. I mean, they they apparently had all the plans in the world for him. The NWA and you know a car wreck. Yep. Takes away that. Yep. Yeah. He he could have been as big as Hogan or Flair from yeah. that era easily. Magnum TA. He was a good looking guy. Had oh, yeah. good presence and could could really work in the ring and tell a great story. I, yeah. Magnum. Yeah. He was he was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the matches I remember with him and Tully Blanchard were just amazing. Sure. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Sure. That hey, quit match. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jared, while we have you on here, let me ask you this question. Are there any, and maybe you don't even know, I, I, I don't know, uh, are there any figures or companies thinking about making some of the old world of sport figures, like Giant Baba and things of that nature? You know, I don't know that, um, but that Powertown brand, supposedly uh-huh. they have 150 wrestlers or family members of wrestlers signed on to do the likenesses of their, of either themselves or their family members that are already passed on. Oh, holy uh, hell. Yeah. I mean, there was the, <laughs> the Rougeau family. I think I read eight names of the Rougeau family that they're going to do. Wow. Do you yeah. have any kind of a list? I mean, or a similar, from, just from memory. Do you remember? Uh, I mean, it was, it was a lot of the Rougeaux I'd never heard of, but of course Jacques was on there and, sure. um, you know, some of them, uh, I do know cowboy Bobby Duncan, uh, okay. was, uh, from, he was in the AWA. Some he's going to be on there and his sons was there a cowboy okay. Bobby Duncan jr. And yeah. West and, Texas rappers. Yeah. Remember them? Yeah. 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 Rap is uh, crap. I, there's only one thing that I hate. It's a bunch of crap. I hate rap. Crap is crap. After I had to think about it for a second. <laughs> yeah. another, I remember that, yeah. There was another one of the, like, a, I can't remember what the other son's name was, but he's going to be on there. Are they yeah. talking about putting all the Von Erics out? You know, you would have to think they would, right? I mean, right. There's uh, like, what, 20 or 40 of them at this point? Yeah. Some, something like that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you'd have to think they would do Fritz and all the boys. You sure. Think. Sure. Unless, right. unless they're just, you know, some of them, you know, they had, some of them had such a tragic end to their life. You, unless there was something that, you know, that maybe they wouldn't want that or something. But uh, Yeah. Right. Right. Now that makes me think like people like, uh, Baron Von Ratchke, uh, Ratchke, is mm-hmm. I always mispronounce the name, uh, him, uh, Kowalski, uh, monsoon back in the day, uh, an Adrian Adonis figure. Can we please get a, a Adrian Adonis, a figure at this point? I mean, there's some of the earliest names that I can, recall in my head you know the original chic uh yeah. you know the wizard all that stuff you know we never got figures like that from wwe's line so maybe you know maybe we can get those in this particular line now i did read somewhere that after you you, you clicked in my head there a little bit dan when you were talking about some of those names i did read with that power town brand i'm pretty sure they're looking into some managers and they're gonna oh, have nice. um nice. missy hyatt okay um, and Skandar Akbar. Oh yeah, oh man, Love that'd it. be awesome. Then I don't and, think and we there were a few other names too. I can't remember. Gary Hart. Gary Hart. Gary Hart. Yes, Gary Hart was on there. Very oh. cool. Yeah. Uh, you, you said Missy Hyatt. It made me think of um, of um, woman. Obviously, I can 
understand why we would not get that figure necessarily, but it, it's still a shame though, because I mean, it's, yeah. it's, you know, you said Missy and that was the other name that popped right in my head right away, you know? Right. Um, yeah. But, uh, touchy yeah, subject, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. Unfortunate. Yeah. 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 But she deserves Un- a figure, doesn't she? I mean, would it be great for, for her to have a figure to, to be, I mean, to be honored? I mean, uh, she put a lot of that way. In. Yeah. yeah. She, put, she put a lot of work in the business. And, you know, I would imagine maybe her sister, yeah. after watching that Dark Side of the Ring, her sister may have the right to, you know, her likeness or whatever. Um, do and, something you know, at that You know, maybe if they contacted her, she would want to do something like that. You know, I mean, maybe even touch her, but, you know, some of her work with Kevin Sullivan in Florida was, I mean, mm-hmm. innovative beyond, yeah, innovative um, beyond its years. I mean, well, well, I mean, like we never thought that we'd get any more Owen Hart, right? you know, love. And now, you know, they they're working with AEW for that. So, I mean, Hey man, there's always possibilities at this point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. I will say we've probably seen our last Benoit figure though, right? (laughs) I mean, the ruthless aggression era. Probably. Uh, Yeah. I would say. Is that Uh, too soon? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It is what it is. You know, it, it is what it is at this point. And you're right. It's, it's, I doubt we will ever see that figure, uh, at this point, but right. Um, now, uh, Jared, I know you're probably, you're more of an old school fan, but with Tony Khan now picking up ring of honor lately, do you think that we're going to start getting some ring of honor classic type of figures, maybe in the jazz wares, AEW like line at this point, do you, can you, do you foresee something like that maybe happening? Why wouldn't you? I mean, you know, why wouldn't you, if you could do it? it yeah. Makes- I mean, with the collector market, the way that it is today, mm-hmm. I mean, these people are, I mean, like me, they're, I mean, they're, I'm, I'm a novice compared to most people. I feel like when it's, when it's like how rabid these people are about sure. collecting these and, and, you know, they'll <laughs> sell their kidneys to get, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, to get some of these figures. So, I mean, but why wouldn't you? I mean, like, it, it just makes perfect sense. To yeah. I, Unless you just can't get the licensing with the people. I mean, their yeah. likeness or whatever. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that would be a, a great get, too, because just from a business standpoint, you've got people that are now on the AEW roster that would have an ROH figure. Right. You've got people that are on the WWE roster that should have an ROH figure. you got people that are now free agents that should have an ROH figure. So from Tony Khan's standpoint and like jazz wears, it's like looking at Vince and them and, and going, eh, kiss my ass. Uh, <laughs> Cause no, that's not Cesaro. That's Claudio Castagnoli, you know? Yeah. And right. I, I, I would be very excited to get a El Generico figure. You're just angling for a CM Punk in some basketball shorts. Aren't you? <laughs> hey, after honest. this, after this weekend, if they don't make one for the, on the AEW line, I'm going to be really upset. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine that they will. That's a no-brainer. Yeah. One with blood and one with with more blood. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh man, yeah. he was gushing this weekend. Seriously. So, hey, Jared, I, I don't know if I asked you this last time or not, but if you could have one figure, one wrestling uh, the personality or icon made into a figure that we don't have yet, do you have one in your back pocket? Mm, that we don't have at all. Yeah, that that Oof. you th- can't think of. Or I guess I guess maybe a modern 
better version of that. You know, like okay. obviously, you know, you've got some old versions of like uh, the Rimcos or the, uh, you know, um, the ruthless aggressions or anything like that, but like a new modern, beautiful version with the new technology. Man, that's a tough question. It's a good question. It's a great question, but um, I was trying to think of who that would be. I mean, it, there's so many names like flooding through my head right now. And I'm like, wait, they had this figure. Wait, they had this figure. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see the rock and roll express get a, mm. get a good likeness of them. And, you know, when we were growing up, Jimmy was always Ricky Morton and I was always Robert Gibson coming <laughs> in for the hot tag. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just feel like that they would be a, a great one. That would be an awesome set. Yeah. Man, what about somebody like New Jack or somebody like that? Yeah, like like he has yeah. he has the the EC Dub figures, but it's yeah, those EC Dub figures are not great. They're not great. Right. They don't have the right. best likeness. I mean, you know, I somebody, mean, at, at this point, they're they made the goon. I mean, yeah. come on, give us some. <laughs> you know, if you're going to go, uh, who are we making this week? I don't know the goon. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, what the hell are you thinking at this point? Yeah. You know, it's. It's just trying to make money right now. Just throw it out there and somebody's going to buy it. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. They will. Yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. but, uh, but no, you're right. I mean, I think, uh, a rock and roll express with the modern technology that they can make figures would be outstanding. I'm also thinking with the man along the manager line, we get us a Jimmy street detachable, yeah. sh- detachable yeah. shoes. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. very, the variant with the, uh, the chic headdress. Well, I go. mean, I, I have an off-brand gimmick with a uh, with a stone cold head that my nephew Paxton loves and and makes it. He just it blows his mind that there's an action figure of me. <laughs> now, of course, it's a custom, but uh, yeah, that, let's make a Jimmy Street. Let's get that out there. We spoke it into existence. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 get uh, you know the uh, the. There's another real big popular action figure wrestling podcast. They've got their own figures. Why can't we? Have our own well how about this how about this since we you know we're a tag team but with jared we are a trio so we're the like the modern day free birds of the podcasting world so (laughs) that being said uh, they could make a three pack of the three of us of the give me back my pro wrestling podcast i mean what what do you say to that yeah i'm down for that i like that too because if i need to take a night off then jared can just come in and fill in Oh yeah. I mean, I, how, can we, where can, where do we sign up for this right now? <laughs> <laughs> I, we may want to change our ring, uh, jackets though. I don't know if we wanted uh, to do the traditional Freebird ring jackets. <laughs> we may have to just go with the, uh, the red silk. Uh, are there some negative connotations with that I, or something? I, I, <laughs> yes. Yes. We may have to go with the red satin jackets. I love the hey. Dukes of Hazard too. Is there something wrong with that? Uh, yeah, there, there, there's some issues out there nowadays. But that's all right. So. Yeah. So with that being said, you know, we had Jeremiah Plunkett on. He's a current NWA pro wrestler right now. Tell me real quick, what are they doing to make those Power Town figures happen? From everything I've read, um, and you know, there's limited information out there, they all say similar things. But the one thing I've read is that they're doing a Kickstarter okay. um, for Series 1. And that's uh, that may be the only way you can get Series 1 um, is take part in the Kickstarter with them. And, yeah. And if it does good, that's going to help the rest of the line down, 
you know, if they've already got 150 wrestlers, you know, you know, they've got probably 100 more calls out to wrestlers or, or feelers out for people to, you know, sign on the dotted line and say, hey, I would love my family member or, hey, I would love to have my action figure made, yeah. you know, get my due as far as, you know, and they're doing it, um, you know, to kind of put some money in these guys' pockets that, you know, they didn't have a retirement plan. They didn't have, you know, they, they probably didn't have the best savings accounts. A lot of them lived all their money spent on booze and women sometimes. I mean, yeah. Know, so. Yeah, no. And I mean, that's true. I mean, one person I'm thinking of that will hopefully see a, a wrestling figure of it is Bruiser Brody, man. Uh, oh, abs- oh, I would say absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you're seeing a Stan Hansen, hopefully we're going to yeah. see a Bruiser Brody. You no, know? yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I just want to Stan Hansen. I'd like to have one where you can pull the string on his back and he just goes tiny wang. That's, that's, <laughs> And there's the drop. Well, if it ain't the teeny wingers. <laughs> Jared, I don't know why, but every time you come on, we're doing a teeny wanger drop. <laughs> anyway, nothing personal. We promise. Love it, man. I, always glad to have you on here, Jut. We're plugging along. We're getting some good listenership, so we definitely appreciate it. But we're glad to have the action figure segment as a part of it, as always. So thanks for well, coming on, buddy. You're welcome. I'm not only a, uh, a part of this podcast, but I'm a listener as well. I, I've, hey. listened, I've listened and I've done a great job. I will say, and I told Jimmy this, Dan, I think when you were talking last time about the uh the greatest uh, or the best sports entertainer personality of all time. Mm-hmm. I messed up by not saying the Undertaker. Best, yeah. best sports entertainer. Well, yeah. I mean, you you make an uh, you make a hell of an argument. I mean, it's it's hard to argue against the Taker at this point. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Questionably, unquestionably, because the gimmick that he had, he was the ultimate sports entertainer gimmick. He may be the, uh, the greatest gimmick ever. Like Jared said, you know, and I'm not trying to speak for you, Jeff, but no, his ar- you know, your his argument was was he wasn't really anything until he was a gimmick, and that's so true you know mm-hmm. so but yeah. Yeah. yeah mean mark callous aside you know <laughs> yeah. yeah skyscrapers two-pack make it yeah happen. yeah there make it go. happen yeah <laughs> let us know when that's happening <laughs> get dan spivey in that and we'll uh we'll figure it out so dangerous dan spivey Jeez, get out of here <laughs> well Jet, we'll see you later buddy we'll talk to you all next right. time okay all right thanks guys later buddy. later figure sold separately with a tear in my eye This is the greatest moment in my life. This has been a James Rock Street production.